everybody. Welcome to the Field Crossover Podcast. I'm your host, George, and with me today I have a, my co-host is Raul. Hey, guys. And then we have a special guest in the studio today. We have uh, UFC fighter Jim Miller. Thank you, Jim, for coming out. Uh, just wanted to let you guys know, Jim's been here all weekend. He's helped us out with our first combatives course, and also he uh, attended our, carb, our gunfighter carving course today. Um, so, Jim, thank you again. Welcome uh, to beautiful Prescott, Arizona, and I uh, hope you had a good time so far. I did. It was awesome. Thanks for having me out. Oh, thank you. Um, so when you, uh, when did you decide to become a UFC fighter? Like what was that? What drove you to that, to the MMA and UFC and all that stuff? Uh, Van Damme movies, uh, Van Damme and, and Chuck Norris and, uh, Bruce Lee and, you know, all that stuff that, uh, a lot of us grew up with, you know, as kids, uh, I, I grew up a wrestler um, with two older brothers, so we were always roughhousing and, uh, you know, just uh, beating the crap out of each other. And uh, I always I always wanted to, to dive deeper into, like, the martial arts and stuff like that and, and self-defense side of it. And um, when, I, when I finished up wrestling, I only wrestled a year at Virginia Tech. Uh, it, was a, it was a great learning experience, but it was also... Uh, you know, hell <laughs> and, and took, probably took years off my life. Um, but, uh, I, I, I missed, I missed the competition. Um, so, uh, in early, uh, 2005, uh, my brother Dan and I started training, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, with the idea that we wanted to fight. Uh, and our, our first instructor, he's like, Oh, you know, give me like two or three years, you know? And, and, uh, we went in, you know, the first night and, um, you know, trained hard and, and picked it up quickly. Cause we, we, you know, knew how to grapple cause grappling is grappling is grappling, right. You know, controlling somebody's controlling somebody. So, um, we did well. And then we, we came back, you know, like a few days later after we were able to move, uh, cause we were pretty sore and out of shape. And, uh, we were in the gym six days a week, you know, six, seven days a week for, for a solid year, uh, probably a little more than that. And, uh, it was it was basically six months to the day that we walked into that gym for the first time that we were walking into a ring for our first MMA fight. And with that first MMA fight, was that with the UFC or was that with? No. Yeah, that was that was a local circuit. Um, it was uh, back in back in two thousand five. We didn't have a lot of options in New Jersey. Uh, there was no amateur scene yet, so it was either go pro. Uh, or fight in the New York underground, which they allow like headbutts and bites and stuff like that, you know, like, <laughs> like a fight club stuff oh, kind yeah. of stuff, you know? So, uh, we, we decided to, to, to get, you know, be legit with it and, and, uh, you know, have to go through the medical process and all that stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it like snowballed and, and it's crazy. So, so looking back, do you, do you wish you did the, uh, no holds bar headbutts and all that good stuff? No. No. no, I don't. You know, you, I mean, I think biting is such a legit technique. You know? <laughs> we, we did discuss biting, didn't we? <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it just, I, 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 there are things that I wish I had done. Uh, like, I, I wish I had uh, competed in, in just like kickboxing or Muay Thai, um, you know, before I signed with the UFC. And um, it would have been really cool to, like, when I first started training, the UFC didn't have a lightweight division. Um, so it would have been cool to get the opportunity to fight like in Japan and stuff like that back, you know, back in the early two thousands when pride was still going. And, uh, it's just a different scene. 
So before that, your first, uh, your first fight, what was kind of like, what was your thing that you did or like your kind of mindset? Like when you trained up to it, like how many weeks did you train up for that? Your first fight and like, what was kind of like the, like how, what was surrounding that? Like the circumstances, like, you know, getting ready for that fight. Uh, I, I probably didn't sleep for like three weeks. You know, I, I, to this day, uh, you know, uh, I've been in one fight outside of MMA and, uh, you know, it was before that. And I was like, why the hell am I doing this man? Like, why, why am I going to go get into a fight? You know, like it was, uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. Um, you know, and like we, we trained hard and, and, uh, you know, I, I knew that I could, I could do well in it, but yeah, it was still, it was just like, it was, uh, it was crazy to think that we were like, my brother and I were going to go and fight MMA, you know, excuse me. Um, but, uh, he went out and he fought, he was the second fight of the night. I was the fourth. He went out and fought and submitted his kid with a triangle choke in two minutes and like 20 seconds. And, uh, I was in his corner and I remember going back to like finish my warm up, and I like get out of the you know the, the the main part of the venue, and I get into the back, and all of a sudden I'm like skipping, and I'm just so excited and so loose, you know. I was yeah. like, holy shit, he did, he did it, I can do it, yeah, you, nice. know, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just uh, you know it was crazy. It was like a two two round two four minute round fight. Uh, you know, I ended up uh, fighting this kid that was a, a really good grappler. Um, you know, I was able to use my my striking and my, my wrestling to, you know, to outposition him and, and beat him up a little bit, and, and uh, you know, I got the W. Nice. Was it like a like for you and your brother? Was it like a competition? Like, okay, I got mine. You better win and anything you know, like that. No, it was never a competition between us. Even even when we were training, it wasn't really like. I mean, I guess it, we were competitive with each other because we were always trying to one up the other guy, you know. And and a lot of what I've been able to accomplish. Uh, has been because I had him there training with me because, you know, he's five inches taller than me f- for a majority of the time. He was 30 to 35 pounds heavier than me, uh, almost as fast as me, you know, uh, stronger in most ways. And, and uh, you know, it was just – it was good for me to try to develop my skill set to beat him. Mm-hmm. We were learning the same thing on the mat every day, you know, and I wanted to make sure that I did it right – so that when it came to the live section, I could submit my brother. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we always, we always had a you know a good relationship on the mats and, and off the mats. I mean, there was a time in our lives where we'd spend you know sixteen hours a day you know with each other from working during the day to then going to train at night and stuff like that. And besides, like when you started training and you know, everything, did you have like a like a side job just to make that extra money, like to pay for your gym dues? And- yeah, yeah, we were uh, we were. My, my father used to uh, frame frame houses, you know, uh, residential framing, and, and that's what we did. We banged nails all day, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, went and banged heads at night. Yeah, that's my dad. My yeah. dad was a he was a, a laborer in the union, yeah. and but on the side he did you know he roofing, siding, mm-hmm. framing. So like growing up, like you know, in Ohio for me it was like on those weekends I, I had to go work with my dad on the mm-hmm. weekends. If I wanted any money or any allowance or anything, it was like you know you're gonna come work for me. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and reading, like, going through, like, your bio and everything like that and what you grew up is, like, it sounds like, you know, your dad kind of instilled that same, like, discipline, hard work, and it kind of, like, seems to me like it translated into, like, you know, mm-hmm. your, you know, your, your career type, you know, your, whatever your path was, it was, like, you had that instilled in you, so I thought that was pretty nice. 
Yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, my dad was always the type that's like, if you're going to do something, you do it as hard as you can do it, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, you're carrying studs. It's like you're you're carrying as many as you can, you know? And you're going to get to that point of failure, and you're going to pick them up, and you're going to throw them back on your shoulder, and you're going to try again. And, you know, you were always kind of trying to just, it's, you know, he just busted his busted his ass and tried to work as hard as he could work. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Like, I, if 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 I could give more and and to it to a training session you know I, I gave it like it's mm-hmm. not uh and it's not always about just like blowing out and exhausting yourself but it's like are you going to focus on training today like there's other things going on in your life but you're here right now you're drilling if you pay attention to what your body's doing you're going to pick these things up better than if you're having a conversation about something else or you know just your mind's wandering and stuff like that so um it was always just kind of focus on the job at hand that style of, of just thinking and being, I, I, it helps with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like being uh, focused on the task in front of you. Like mm-hmm. we get it, you know, life happens. There's a lot of stuff going on outside of life. There's, you know, work dues, bills have to get paid, all these other things that have to get done. But if you can stay in the moment, uh, did you find that being able to stay in the moment? I know a lot of people have a hard time with that. They're trying to multitask. And we know that multitasking isn't a real like thing, right? We're mm-hmm. just doing a lot of things not so well yeah. instead of doing one thing really well. Did you find that that truly helped take you to that level and achieve the things that you did uh, when it came time to 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 perform? Uh, definitely, you know. I, I think uh, I think my ability to focus, uh, you know, it's it's almost to a detriment um, because I do, I do get I get the worst tunnel vision when I fight. Like I don't hear my corner. I just don't. You know, sometimes I hear my mom scream in the crowd. Um, <laughs> And I'll, and I'll hear words here and there. And like when the, when the lights go down and there's still enough light in the arena to see things, but I can't see beyond the sides of the octagon. Like I just can't, I just can't. And, uh, one fight, I've had one fight where, um, you know, I had other things going on and, uh, you know, uh, just dealing with other stuff. And, and I remember like seeing faces out in the crowd and it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to be seeing it, but there, there have been plenty of times like in my career where, uh, I had to like, I mean, Dan and I fought on a lot of, this, a lot of cards together. And, um, he, we, we, I, I got an offer to fight, uh, two days before his wedding. And so I go to him and, and you know, and his, and his wife and I was like, it's like, uh, can, can I fight? And he's like, yeah, sure. You know, and, uh, you know, the family, more families in town, they'd love to go and all that stuff. I was like, all right. Well, then he gets an offer to fight that night. So he fought two nights, two <laughs> days before his wedding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he goes out and he was fighting earlier on the card than me and, uh, goes out, has a, has a tough fight, wins a decision. But in the third round, he got hit with a hook that, uh, broke his, uh, his zygomatic arch, uh, you know, and he ate it and went through and, and won the fight, but he comes into the back and. He's like, man, he's like, my face really hurts. And it's like, Dan, you've got a dent in your face. <laughs> so, you know, here it is, like, I'm getting ready to walk out. And it's like, I have to tell my brother, hey, good luck on your way to the hospital two days before your wedding. <laughs> and it's all my fault, you know? So, like, I, I get out, you know, and I freaking, I shut it off, you know? Like, this is all about my thing right now. And I go out and... I'm I'm in the ring and uh, I was in the blue corner. 
and my opponent coming out and he's just about to get in the ring and my former trainer's like hey jim do it for dan and it's like what, what are you <laughs> like i'm already focused on my my job here and you're bringing this shit up you know and uh you know i went out had a great fight and and uh you know uh won and stuff like that and uh but uh there there have been some other nights where like fighting with him on the card and uh i mean we're the only we're the only brothers to fought uh i believe the only brothers to fought on a pay-per-view together and we're the only brothers who have ever fought in the ufc back to back um you know ufc 128 we fought back to back and it was it was pretty intense because it's like you know i mean you fight on the same car with your your teammates and you're emotionally invested um but it's like when it's your brother you know it's just that little bit extra oh yeah and uh you know it was a tough night personally for him aside from the fight and he goes out and he has a rough fight and and you know ends up losing it's like i'm i'm sitting there watching this as i'm as i'm warming up and uh you know just had to had to shut it off like Wanted nothing more than to, you know, go give him a hug and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I'm, I'm walking out now, yeah. you know, while he's making his way out, I'm going around the other way to, to walk into the octagon. Um, you know, went out, had a great performance, and then I was able to, you know, give him a hug and, you know, tell him I love him afterwards. But, uh, yeah, just just being able to focus, like, what's in front of you, like, and take that other stuff that's out of your control now. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a good skill to have. For sure, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you do your, you know, your first amateur fight. How many fights did you have before you got signed to the UFC? Uh, I had uh, twelve fights, 12, 12 professional fights before signing with the UFC. Yeah. So when that day came, you know, did they call you, or did they have to like you? Have, did you have a manager at the time? Like, how mm-hmm. did that? How does that process work? To when they did they scout, or like how was it when they approached you? Like, hey you know, this is Dana White, I want to sign mm-hmm. you, and is that how it works? Or um, Usually it's the matchmaker that reaches out to you. But, uh, yeah, he uh, we were already on the radar, um, and I had already almost had an opportunity to fight in the UFC uh, a couple couple months prior, like two months prior, something like that. Um, and, you know, just politics ended up coming up. I was with another promotion, but they broke the contract. All, you know, stuff I just... Yeah, no sense getting into, but, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they, they called up, uh, Dan and I used to fight for the IFL and the IFL folded and the UFC bought out some of the contracts and they bought out ours and, uh, you know, manager called us and said, you know, we got it. And that was one of the, probably one of the coolest things, um, that I've gotten to experience is, you know, signing my UFC contract with my brother, you know, sitting next mm-hmm. to me. Cause we knew it would happen. We, we knew we would get there. Um, we just didn't know who would get the first shot and, right. and how it would go. And, um, to, to be doing it at the same time was, uh, it, you know, it was one in a million. Right. Yeah. Uh, for exactly. it to happen like that. So, so you took the opportunity and kind of, and you, and you ran with it. And, uh, you know, from like, I mean, look at now you have the most wins in the UFC. Was it the most wins in the UFC or most wins in the lightweight or lightweight division? Uh, most wins in the lightweight division, most fights in UFC history. So, I mean, that like right there is like just, you, I mean, you could tell like, you know, that many fights and then your training and then like your recovery. I mean, it, it, says, it says a lot to have, you know, went this far and this many mm. fights. Because you see some guys, they fight five times and that's it. You know, they're done, like broken. Mm. How have you kept your body and... 
I guess, you know, your body in the, yeah, that physical conditioning for so long without, you know, you know, obviously your careers have ups and downs, but how have you managed to survive this long, you know, it, cause that breaks your body down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's constantly, what was like, what's the key? Um, you know, I, I there's a, a, a good balance of, uh, you know, luck and then also pickling my insides with beer and bratwurst <laughs> and buffalo wings. Uh, you know, yeah, really it's just like, it's luck, man. You know, yeah. like I, I mean, I'm, I feel like I was born to do this, mm-hmm. uh, like born to, to deal with it. Um, you know, I mean, knock on wood, you know, I've, I've, I've never had a surgery before, you know, like I've, uh, the only bone I've ever broken is, you know, my, my sinus cracked. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've been bounced around inside MMA and outside of MMA right. pretty freaking hard before, you know, and I've, o- I've always been able to, to handle it and, you know, I come out with bumps and bruises, but it, it hasn't been anything, you know, major to this point. Right. Um, and I think that just it's luck. <laughs> it's luck in that those times, you know, it's, I've just been able to, to, you know, bounce with it and it's luck in just the genetics that I've had, you know, like it's just, I can't, it's not, I can't tell you that it's anything that I've ever done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that has, that has helped me, uh, you know, be as resilient in this career as, as I've been able to be and, um, and keep the pace that I've been able to keep. Um, so, you know, so how, <laughs> how cool is it though, that knowing you're getting banged around and getting dropped and hurt and all these things that you're still able to keep going, right? Because you, you said it, you're built for this. Like mm. this is what you were meant to do. Uh, is it a cool affirmation that there is no bones broken? There is no none of this. Like you, you're being told basically, right, by the powers that be. Like, dude, do it. This is you. It's yeah. I mean, it is. I, I kind of feel like a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> you look like one. Man. I told you. Yeah, you know, like I, I mean, just I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it was like. I don't know if I, was, I, I, I drank enough milk as a kid and, you know, like. <laughs> That's why I tell people, like, jumping on an airplane yeah. and landing. I'm like, I never had a I never had a really serious injury, like a broken bone. I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I would like to give it all to milk because I used yeah. to, like, I just crush milk yeah. all the time, yeah. you know. Like, I used to drink a ton of milk when I was a kid. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, my Dan, Dan, Dan has broken plenty of bones, you know, fingers and toes and, and his, his feet and, you know. Because uh, you drank all the milk, dude. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's definitely, it's definitely luck. Um, you know, but like, I think, like I said, I just, I think I'm made to kind of take a hit, <laughs> which <For> sucks. Sure. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but, you know, it, uh, yeah. I've, and I, I think a lot, of it, a lot of it is like, you know, some people are just tough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they can grind it out. They can take the pain and, and, you know, and plus, you know, they got skill, they got technique. And it's just like, you know what? You're gonna hit me in the head. That's fine. I'm tough. I can take it, but I know how to, you know, I know how to come back from that and I know what to do. So, um, I just think, you know, like just watching fighters and what they go through, it's like, man, like that's day in, day out, you're getting banged up mm. and just coming right back the next day. So, I mean, that's just like a, a testament to like just being tough and just being in there and grinding it out. So, you know, I just, I love it. You know, it makes me like, it's like, that's why like I'm in my, I'm a fight fan. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, you really respect those guys because it's like, you know, like, like what you do. I mean, you go in and you're fighting another guy, like another man is trying to get in there and beat your ass. Mm. 
But, you know, it's like, well, I'm time to step up. I'm, I'm going to, you know, do what I have to do to get in there and win. So I, I think it's pretty cool. So what's been uh, your evolution in training, if any, or did you just keep that same pace, that same style, uh, the same commitment from when you first started and were a little bit younger? So let's say age has played a factor. If, mm. if it has or hasn't, I don't know. This what I kind of want to get from you is uh, in those in the 10 years, right, from 25 to 35, has there been a big change in how you train and what you do to to be prepared, or is it still similar? Uh, there, there definitely has been a big, pretty big change. Um, you know, like I, I've always been the type, and and when you're talking about like just the, the mental aspects of it, um, I've trained with a lot of talented, talented fighters that couldn't handle the the grind uh, for whatever reason. You know, just just couldn't handle like having a bad day. Some days you just have a bad day and, you know, you'll get caught. You'll this, you know, you, 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 you get, you get beat up by somebody that you normally beat up. Um, and for me, it's always just been like, okay, well, I've kind of been able to feel it like, all right, well, I'm not, I'm not a hundred today, mm-hmm. you know? So let's work on what we can work on. Let's work on defense. Let's work on, you know, positional stuff and not be, you know, super aggressive and, and, totally go out there and, uh, you know, and put yourself at risk. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I've also like, for me, it's, uh, I've always, I've always had the ability to like, just, I, I, I love fighting. I love MMA. I'm a fan of the sport, but I also like, if I'm not at the gym, I, man, there's, I'd rather be doing all that stuff. Right. I'd rather be tinkering in the garage. I'd rather be, you know, getting my hands dirty in the garden. I'd rather be doing something, um, that I feel is like productive and, and, you know, just something that, uh, kind of takes my mind off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that I'm sore and banged up, but, um, training wise, it's like, there was, a, there was a period, you know, uh, going back to 25, let's say to like 29 where we trained like assholes. And, you know, I was always the type, like I, I was, con- I'd continue to train, you know, I'd, I'd fight, I'd take, you know, a week off, something like that, you know, and then I'd be in once or twice a week, you know, not going full bore, but I'd always be in, um, you know, particularly like I'm on the, on the lifting side and, and just trying to be a better athlete. I'd, I'd kind of always be doing that. Um, but like when I'd be going hard, like some of the sparring sessions we had, it was just stupid. Um, you know, like there, there has to be a certain level of trust, uh, when you're, when you're going live, you know, and like, particularly when we were doing things that we were doing practices were designed to fatigue us, you know, like that's when, that's when injuries happen, you know, like you're looking at another body coming at you and, um, you know, like it's, it's way safer to, to gut check with a, a treadmill set to 12, 12 miles an hour and a, and a bar loaded up to 135 than it is with, you know, another man coming at you throwing kicks and, and punches and knees and, you know, uh, and we did a lot of stupid stuff and it definitely, you know, it, it banged me up. Like I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, shoulder injuries that, that, and shoulder and back and neck and back that, that, uh, happened then, you know, like just banged up. Um, but now it's like, I try, I try to, I try to focus more on, you know, I try to get better. And I want to get be a better athlete, and 
I look at like the live. I, I do it a lot more controlled now. Uh, I'm not going with those random guys because it used to be like Big Jim had a couple UFC fighters. Hey, you know, here are these random Russian dudes. Let's spar with them. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, like here's here's this guy coming in. Here's here's this. You know, I'm a lightweight. Here's a 205 pounder who's you know trying to make a name off of beating me in the room. Yeah, you know, and it's like you you. I was able to survive it, you know, and I got a lot, I got bet the better of a lot of those freaking exchanges, yeah. you know, but, but like, yeah, it was just stupid. It was stupid. And, uh, you know, I try to, I try to be a lot smarter in the way that I, that I do the dangerous things that are associated with MMA. Um, so early on, would you describe it more of a, like fight fighter style training? And now it's more like an athlete. Did that change somewhere, or did you always see yourself as an athlete uh, versus like a fighter? Where now it's more like a blend. Um, I I always saw myself as you know, it, I, probably for a couple of years it was like just fighter, you know, three three years maybe, like into fighting. Um, and then it's like, all right, you know, once I sign with the UFC, it's like, dude, I need to be, I'm a professional athlete. Yeah, that's now. like athlete like, level. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like there's there's a difference between fighting professionally and being a professional fighter. You know, like. You can fight professionally, make five hundred bucks, bounce. Hey, man, you're you're a professional fighter, or you're you know you're fighting professionally. To be a professional fighter, that's how you're paying your bills. You know, yeah. so like you got to take it a bit more seriously. Um, and fighters, they we're stupid. We get hit in the head a lot. We're stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, a lot of times it's like, yeah, let's just do the craziest stuff we can do, and you know, and like uh, just go berserk and what other athlete does that, you know, like what, what, what Olympian, what, you know, uh, NFL team that, you know, wins the Super Bowl, what, what, what professional basketball player is training like we train? None of them are. No, none of them. None of them are. And even like now when I try to make it a lot smarter, it's still, it's like none of them train as recklessly as we do. Uh, now granted to be a fighter, you have to fight, but it, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me to to do some of the crazy stuff that we used to do. And uh, well, there is this unpredictable nature, right, to yeah. fighting another human versus two people playing tennis. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're within parameters. You have a racket, you have a ball, you're doing whatever. Uh, basketball, the same. There's there's a a way to win uh, by design. Yeah, we're fighting somebody. It's like you either need to be stronger, faster, or, or get lucky that day. Yeah. And uh, and the athleticism, right, the ability to survive uh, is a big deal. Yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, when you, I forgot where I was going. You didn't, <laughs> what the heck was I going to say? There was something about it. Oh shit. And everyone go on, oh, go okay. on. We'll, we'll forget about it. So, you know, you, we talked <laughs> Sorry, about like, bro. I can hit that. <laughs> you can hit, yeah. yeah. So you talk about like, you know, the times you, you need that, that time off, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you just need to like kind of decompress or whatever. Like what are, you know, you talked about working in your shop. Uh, in, in the garden, and so when you say in the garden, you like you kind of like do you grow your own, own like fruits and vegetables, or just kind of self sustain yourself. Um, it's it's not to that point. I remembered what I was going to say. Yeah. In order to advance your career, in order to get paid, you got to make it to the fight. So that's the most important thing. If you don't make it to fight night, you don't get paid. You don't, you know, improve your record, whatever. And then so so yeah, so then that that makes sense with the being a a professional yeah. fighter in the sense like you're not being reckless yeah. because if you get hurt and you can't come in. That's a paycheck. Yeah. Or that's, you know, that's your, and your way, profession. And way too many fighters get hurt. Like, that's one of the things that I'm probably most proud is I've never, never pulled out of a fight. 
Nice. You nice. know, if I've signed the contract, that. awesome. I've I've fought. And it's it's just there aren't many people that have forty some odd fights, you know, forty three fights or fought in the UFC so many times that have that have been able to do that. And it's it's stubbornness <laughs> and luck, you know, but also approaching it like, hey, you know, if I've taken time off when I've needed to take time off. Oh, yeah. You know, like in yeah. a camp, I've taken, you know, two weeks out of a fight, I've taken five days off. You know, where some people are like a little crazy, they overdo it, then they have to pull out. Um, Did, do but, you realize those things on your own? Like while it's happening, you're like, you know what, I, I probably should take yeah. a little break now. And that, so knowing yourself has been a big part of a mm. lot of your success, right? So dudes that just are like hasty and they just want to be out there and they're heavily influenced by their coaches or their corner. Just keep going, just keep going. Yeah. And then they end up getting hurt. And uh, had they just spent a little more time with themselves, maybe they, they could tell them to be like, hey, I'm going to take a break. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing. You have to you have to, you have have to to know it. Like, and you're not going to, in that last week of training, you're not going to improve anything. Right. You yeah. know, you're not, you're not going to be a better athlete. You're not going to be stronger. You're not going to be faster. You're not going to, you know, uh, have a better arm bar or have a better try. Like, it's just not going to happen. So like you're the you're the culmination of the last few weeks. Yeah. Like and it's it's okay to take that little breather. Like if you feel like you need it, it's okay to do it. Now this is coming from an idiot that has, you know, been sick in a third of his, you know, going in like two weeks out from a third of his fights because I I get myself to that point and then I get sick and then you're like, oh well now I have to take friggin' five days off because I've got a sinus infection, you know. 10 days before a fight or, you know, mm-hmm. we can have before a fight. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to throttle back and know that it's, it's okay to do it sometimes. Right. So that week before your fight, like what is the, like, you know, the Jim Miller household, like what is, what is going on that week before the fight? You know, like, like what's going on in your household? Like how's everybody dealing with it? Like, you know, you got your, you, you got your, your gym and everything. So that week before the fight, like what goes on within that week? Uh, it's, it's really, it's nothing too different, you know, like that, that last week, if I need to taper, I'm tapering, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, it's like, I'm doing the things that I need to do to, to, to get my body ready for a weight cut. Um, you know, making sure that I'm eating clean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not doing, not going too crazy. With, with, like, the live and stuff like that? Yeah. And, like, what's kind of, like, with, like, the UFC, like, like the week before, is there, like, a lot of, like, obligations you have to do, like, you know, besides, like, interviews, like, the weigh-ins, like, how does that, like, play a part in, like, you know, getting prepared? Is it more of, like, annoying, like, okay, I got to do this interview now, but I have this fight in, like, a couple of days, and I, like, so like the weigh-in. Yeah, so like, those, the last few days before mm-hmm. the fight there, yeah. Like, it uh, it all depends. Some, I mean, they've, they've, they've definitely uh, streamlined the process. Uh, it used to be like, you know, you got everything scheduled on your phone, this guy calling you, that guy calling, you know, now it's like we do like a media scrum and uh, obviously like the the fighters that are in like main events and stuff like that mm-hmm. and title fights are, are dealing with a lot more. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you're just, the last few days you're just focused on the weight because uh, again, you're not going to improve. Yeah. You know, it's good to continue getting a workout and blowing the lungs out and doing all that stuff, but there's no sense trying to like overdo it. There's no mm. sense trying to push the envelope at that point. Um, so you just, you, you kind of go through the motions and, 
yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of us, it sucks that it's like this, but for a lot of us, it's like the weight cut is the hard part. Right. You know, and like, that's what you're worried about. That's what's stressing you out. Like the fight, man, that's fun. Right. Like, yeah. That's what I signed on for. I didn't yep. sign on to, to cut 15 yeah, yeah. pounds, you know, like, but of course that's just the way that it is, yep. Yeah. you know, and, and most of us are too stubborn to do anything about it, but, uh, yeah, it's just going through the motions. It's mm -hmm. usually pretty boring. <laughs> so do you ever take a couple of days, like you go on like a, like a hunt or anything like that to clear your head or I, I have, I actually have, um, before I fought, uh, Dustin Poirier, um, I was, uh, I was in a rough place, uh, physically, you know, that was a, that was a very tough camp for me. Um, you know, I, my, my Lyme disease was, was, had come back and was kind of kicking my butt. And, uh, you know, a buddy of mine, uh, John Dudley asked me to, to, to come on a, a hog hunt with him. And it was only like two weeks before the fight, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like, you know what? I need this. And, and I did, you know, and like, I went and, you know, went to Oklahoma and, and, uh, hunted some hogs and, and had some fun, got a couple little workouts in, nothing crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> just came out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, it just, it settled me, you know, and I had a pretty, you know, it, like I said, it was a tough, tough camp and I had a way better performance then I feel like I would have had I not done that. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I had continued on the path that I was going leading up to that fight, that probably would have been the one that I had to pull out of or, or, you know, just would have been absolutely, you know, not there come fight night. Right. It was just, uh, that was, that was a very, very, uh, a, a big test, you know, physically and mentally. Um, so yeah, being able to get away was like, you know, we we put on a great fight, fight of the night, and and you know, nice. and, and I was probably like two low kicks from from beating him, you know, and uh, yeah, had had I not taken that time and that gotten myself into, you know, use that mental time and kind of settle myself down, right. and, uh, had that little bit of break from you know the the physicality of it, uh, it it probably would have been a real shitty night for me. So when you like. How'd the whole Lyme disease thing come about? Because I know, I think at first we talked about the other day was, you know, they didn't know they tested mm -hmm. for it. So how, like, what, like, how did you, like, you know, your body was like breaking down and all that stuff. How did that like kind of affect you? And like, when did, like, when did they say, okay, let's, we think you have Lyme disease. Like, mm -hmm. what, like what was that story? Um, it, it, uh, it's a long, complicated one, man. You know, it's like, I, in about mid 2013, uh, I had a series of, uh, migraines and really bad nausea, uh, and like kind of some flu like symptoms. Um, I mean, to the point where like, if I took the garbage out, I'd be dry heaving on my way down the driveway yeah. just from the smell of the garbage or like my morning coffee mm -hmm. <clears throat> would like just the smell of coffee would get me to like kind of dry heave and, right. you know, and, <laughs> and start to puke a little bit. <laughs> um, and I went to an ENT. I went to uh, a neurologist. They they ran a bunch of tests. They uh, they tested for me for Lyme. Nothing came of it. Symptoms went away. Well, they're like, all right, we'll keep our eye on it. You know, see if anything comes back. And 
when uh, it was probably about uh, 2015 or early 2015, um, started like my joints started to hurt a lot. I started to get um, numbness, tingling, um, started to get like some brain fog where you just kind of lose yourself, you know, and forget what you're doing and um, have a tough time like completing tasks. Um, and, uh, I, th- I thought a lot of it was, was associated with being a fighter, you know, and, and I, and I dealt with it. Yeah. Cause you were still fighting, still yeah. training and, you know, and, and, uh, I, I dealt with it and, and I had some tough fights and some mm-hmm. tough weight cuts and, um, it, it got to the point where I was, uh, misspeaking. I would, I would say the, com- like a completely wrong word. Of what I was trying to say, mm-hmm. you know, and just like bizarre, like yeah, you yeah. catch yourself, like what? and it would would it just like come in your head, or was it like it, a? It would just be, you know, I would just say it, right? Oh wow! And it's like, why did I say that word? Mm-hmm. You know, and like <laughs> like you catch and be like thinking in my head, like I'm having a conversation with somebody, and it's like they probably think I'm fucking <laughs> stupid, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I just uh, I started having uh, symptoms similar to like uh rheumatoid arthritis where mm-hmm. uh it's it's funny when you talk about it they call it morning stiffness where you wake up and you you're just so sore and tight that you can't move wow. for like 45 minutes um and uh so I went to my doctor before I fought in uh early 2016 and I started explaining some of the symptoms to him and he's like you know he's like I think you have Lyme disease and uh he's like we're going to run some tests uh, so we ran a bunch of tests and again, I tested negative for it. Um, but I tested positive for a, a, an antibody that they associate with Lyme. Um, so he's like, all right, you know, this was, I found this out three days before I, I fought, uh, at UFC 196 and, uh, he's like, okay, you know, uh, when you get back, he's like, we're going to put you on doxycycline. He's like, if you have Lyme, he's like, you're going to feel different like in a good way within a few days and it really was like uh it was crazy how how much better i felt within you know a week um obviously like some of the symptoms didn't you know were a little more stubborn than others um you know the the, the my joint pain and knee pain took a little bit longer you know like i was, I was to the point where i'd go up and down stairs sideways mm. Um, and d- didn't know why I started doing, didn't like catch myself right. you just when I started doing, doing I just started doing it. <laughs> and, uh, like I, I could be warm and in the middle of training and I mm-hmm. go to stand up and I post my hands on my knees and I have to like stand up like an old man. And, and like, it's like, what, why is this happening? You know? But, uh, that stuff started to like go away. And, um, you know, Lyme is a, it, we don't know a lot about it. Um, you know, and, and there, there are like these two different sides to it. You know, there's, there's people that say that, oh, after, you know, a three week, uh, course of antibiotics, you're, you're, you're done with it, you know? And the other side believes that it's a little bit more stubborn, mm-hmm. uh, because it can cross the, the blood brain barrier and, and stuff like that. And, um, it, it uh, you know, it, it's it's just a, a a stubborn bacteria and it's like faster than your your T cells and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm pretty sure that that's that's the case because like I had I went on doxycycline for 6 months, missed one pill 
like one dose that I missed and uh, went off of it after six months. Within seven weeks, my symptoms came back, you know, and then that's when they started kicking my ass. You know, I, I, I fought Tiago Alves at uh, UFC 205, and that's like right when some of the some of the twitching and stuff like that started coming back, mm. and I'm like, oh, shit. And then me and being me, I was like, I wonder if they're really going to come back. So I didn't get right back on the doxy. And within like two weeks, it was like full-blown back to where I had been. Wow. And uh, then it was really stubborn to, to kind of get mm-hmm. it under control. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Like, you know, I I feel like I've gotten a handle on it. Um, I I had been on doxy for a long time. Um, you know, I went on back on it and, and cycle, would cycle on and cycle off. And uh, yeah, I just, just stopped taking it a few months ago. And, and like, I feel like I've, I'm able to be an athlete again mm-hmm. because for a while there, if, if, if I pushed my body, I, I'd, I'd be destroyed for days. So did you have to just like change up your diet at all? Mm-hmm. Or like what was like some of the recommendations besides the, the medicine you had to take? What was like, what, like, what did you do to like kind of get rid of, like not get rid of the symptoms, but just kind of get through it and feel better? Um, yeah, change up the diet. You know, like, I mean, we, we ate pretty well. Um, and we eat a lot better now. And, and I'm a big fan of balance um, in everything. When it comes to fighting and, you know, when teaching the, teaching the students in the, uh, the course the other day, talking about balance and how important it is, I feel it's the same way in, in, in everything and diet and life. And um, so like, I've, I've reduced the amount of dairy that I eat. I've reduced the amount of alcohol intake. I've reduced the amount of gluten that I take in, um, you know, and, and we, we try to eat from foods that don't have ingredient lists, you know, as mm-hmm. much as we can. And, um, you know, like I, I enjoy making food for my family and I always have. Um, so it's like, now there's a little bit more incentive to like, Hey, you know, like as opposed to you know, getting Chinese food and stuff like that and, or, you know, going out to eat, you know, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather take a little bit extra time and make it myself. And, you know, my, my wife is a hundred percent on board with it. And, nice. um, and then just kind of, you know, just, just supplementation too. Um, mm-hmm. like I feel there are a couple of things that I, that I, that I've been taking that have been helping me. Um, there's a, a, a mushroom, uh, a chaga mushroom, um, supplement that I take. And chaga mushroom is they they use it uh, a lot of times you can get it in tea and stuff like that and for some of the, like the treatments uh, treatment centers that you can go to for Lyme um, it's supposed to like increase your immunity and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I I think and that the problem is is like I'm I have a tough time saying exactly what it is right because there's been so many different things that I've changed and you know it, it hasn't been scientific uh, but I think that that's the one that kind of helped me get over it and um you know i still try to maintain my supplements and, and be on it and you know mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm off the doxy so it's been really good for my gut right <laughs> um because that was murder uh but uh yeah it's just uh it's it's a marathon it's, right yeah. it really is it's a marathon it's a grind, huh? yeah you know and like it, like i'm like i was made for freaking fighting <laughs> i think i was made to get lyme disease you know <laughs> like it's just it's a it's a painful miserable thing mm-hmm. you know and my case is nothing nothing compared to some of the people that i've met um but yeah you, it, you just have to 
you just have to have the outlook that like you're, you're doing just a little something every day mm-hmm. to get better, you know, and it's, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a quick fix. You know, you just have to stay the course and, and grind it out, mm-hmm. you know, just, just like in fighting, like, just like a fight camp, like you just have to grind it out and, you know, and, uh, like I said, just every day make that, that little bit of an effort mm-hmm. to, to, to clean something up or to just stay on course and, uh, yeah, it's a, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm out of the water yet. You know, like, I don't know if it's like gone, gone, but, uh, I've been feeling pretty good for a while now. And, and, uh, like I said, I feel like I can be an athlete again, mm-hmm. which is hard because now it's like, I want to do the things that I was doing before I got sick. And it's yeah. like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't lift and, and do the sprints like I used to do. And so I'm trying to like ease my way back in, right. you know, and that's like the pain in the ass part too, is yeah. like, you think what you used to be able to do, and, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it's, I've, I've definitely been able to, to start making my comeback with that. Right. So. That's awesome. So what would you like, what kind of advice would you give to like these young fighters coming in now? Like knowing what you know, knowing what you've been through, like what, what would be like, like one piece of advice where you, you would give that young fighter coming up that has an aspiration to be the next Jim Miller. Next Jim Miller. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Uh, no, you know, to, 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 to be the, the next fighter. I mean, just, um, just train, just train, yeah. you know, like I, I get, I get a little frustrated with some of, you know, some of the young guys that come into this, um, like, amateurs that are an amateur having a fight camp an amateur watching video on their opponent i just i don't get it you know like i i took so many fights on i've took i've taken a fight on a week notice i've taken a wait fight on eight days notice i've taken a fight on two weeks notice um i've taken plenty in the ufc under six weeks you know five four weeks um because i i train Mm -hmm. like and i and i train to get myself better and my whole idea has been like, I'm going to train to be the best Jim Miller that I can be. And I'm going to train to compete against the best in the world. Not some amateur, you know, that has a, a job and a girlfriend and, you know, and like, that's, that's not who I want to fight. Like when I started fighting, I was training to, to fight BJ Penn, mm-hmm. you know, he was the king. He was the freaking king oh, yeah. at lightweight, you know, like it was a couple fights in the UFC took brought in lightweights again. And there he is BJ Penn. It's like, I'm training for my fourth fight. I'm not training to fight that guy. I'm tra- I'm training to be BJ, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like, and when that guy doesn't fight to the standards that I'm prepared for, because I'm fighting, I'm trying to fight the best guy in the world. I'm going to beat him, you know? And that, that's what has helped me. Cause it's like, you know, so many times, Fights get switched up. Mm-hmm. Guys drop out. Um, you know, you go from a righty to a lefty. You go from a short guy to a tall guy. Uh, you know, wrestler to striker. Just just train. Just train to, yeah. you know, and if, if you want to be the best in the world, you're going to have to fight all these different guys and all these different styles and prepare yourself to deal with them all. Don't, don't you know, prepare yourself to have these holes in your games where you're just focused on, you know, some guy who barely throw a punch, mm-hmm. like who the hell cares? You right. know, like, I mean, if it, yeah, you're fighting him, but 
You if, you, if you want to be at that level, you know, you can't train for six weeks, eight weeks to fight somebody who might have one or two fights and, right. and call it a crap, you know, or call it a rap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I feel like your mentality is like, you know what? I want that guy to fight to me, like to my style. I'm mm-hmm. not worried about him. I'm going to go in there and fight my style. He needs to adapt to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to adapt to what he's doing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So switching like gears into the idea of what you've, so everything that you've learned in these fights and in your training and in your development, now that you have your own school, you have your, your school is called Miller Brothers MMA. Miller Brothers MMA. Where is it at? Uh, Sparta, New Jersey. Cool. So having your school now, does, does a lot of the, the material and the styles and everything you picked up, you just mentioned fighting little dudes, taller dudes, um, strikers, grapplers, all that, that, that whole like array of fighters, uh, did you pick up enough things you think that when you teach and you have your, your students learning from you, those experiences help you teach them something different than just like dudes reading out of books or looking at YouTube videos and teaching them some shit that they see? Uh, is there a play in the experience when it translates to teaching? Um, I, I, I think there is, and, and I, I think that's what it comes down to is experience. Like my game's not complex. It's not flashy. It's not. I'm not doing crazy stuff. Like I've got a, I've got a pretty good library of submissions that I can do and then I'm successful with, but it all comes back to the basics. It all comes back to the fundamentals and the fundamentals never change, you know? And, uh, like I said the other day, posture and balance will never betray you. Like if you have granted, you know, good posture when you're mounted on someone is different than good posture if you're in someone's guard, but having good posture for the position means that you can move well in the position and attack and defend in the position having good balance having a good base it will it it's never a bad thing um you know so like when when i teach i mean it's like it's kindergarten class (laughs) you know like it's the golden rule man like you know (laughs) you're in somebody's guard you're either all the way up or all the way down, you know, mm-hmm. don't get caught in that middle ground. Cause like, that's where he's got an advantage. I, and I was told like either have two arms in or two arms yeah, out, you, you know? know? And it's like, it's the basic stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't do it as much now because my, my team now is a lot smaller, but I mean, I used to go with all the big guys, all the big guys. And my game is, has always been like designed to compete against the big guy. So I use my speed and granted, you know, I've always walked around since I started fighting. You know, I start, when I started fighting, I was 160-something pounds, you know, 160, let's say 65. And I've been up to about, you know, just under a buck 90. So, like, I'm in that size range where I'm going to be strong enough, you know? Like, I mean, I can, I can deadlift more than anybody on the planet can single arm bicep curl or single leg hammy curl. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to isolate that motion on you and I'm going to use my large muscles to attack your small and I'm going to take that shit home with me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So like if, if I, when I'm teaching, it's just, it's super, the super basics, <laughs> you know, like uh, I show a lot of submissions, but uh, I don't, I don't have a lot of sweeps. I don't have a lot of guard passes. Um, you know, it's. I, I do the I do the 
the fundamentals because the fundamentals never change. Right. You know? isn't, it, isn't it funny though, that we have to change, you know, in, in coaching in whatever genre you do, like you, you just called it super basics. Mm -hmm. Like we have to add something cool to the yeah. word basic because people don't want basic, but yeah. they don't understand that. that that's, that's truly that's the, foundation. the core like, that's, yeah. of yeah. everything. But, and it's just weird that we have to do that. And I find myself doing that too. Mm -hmm. Like being like, ultra yeah. basic foundation where you have to do some to say something to yeah. captivate them because yeah. i mean how do you get them to be thrilled about fundamental work um when you know that they need it they don't want to admit they need it mm. and then getting them in to do it and then when they see it and it clicks like we had this weekend it was cool to see it click in some yeah. people and they were like okay cool we just really just need this yeah uh, the basics and understanding energies and mm -hmm. just things that they weren't used to and now they are uh, or at least exposed to uh yeah it's just crazy how we yeah. we have to word things for people even though we know that it's yeah <laughs> yeah you know and i mean like it, it's I'll, I'll teach i'll teach a couple different arm bars you know or entries into arm bars it's like well they all end up the same it's like mm -hmm. your legs are super important you know and like and if your legs aren't engaged and you're not squeezing you know, you're not pinching your knees together. You're not driving your heels to your butt. You don't have your toes pulled up. Like, mm -hmm. then your arm bar is going to have more openings for that person to get out. So it's like, okay, well, I'll show you the century from mount. I'll show you the century from guard. I'll show you the century from cross side. But it's all going to end the same, man. Yeah. Like, you're going you're gonna to squeeze in the same way every time. That way, hey, man, somebody breaks into your home, jumps in, jumps on you when you're in your bed. You hit an arm bar without even yeah. thinking about it, you know, and it, you rip his arm off. Like, that, that's, that's what I want out of my students. I want them to do the motions and pay attention to it. Just like I said, you know, like, pay attention to what you're doing. Like, you know, you, you, get, you always get those groups that just want to do something else. They watch something on YouTube. Saw some videos on Instagram yep. and like we're drilling one thing and next thing you know, they're doing something else. Because they want to get in there and practice. And it's them. like, come on, man. Like <laughs> I'm showing you the way. Yep. I'm showing you the way to, to, to beat that guy that's twice your size. Yeah. And it's not by that friggin' super flashy little rolling thing that you just did. Mm -hmm. It's by keeping your elbows in and shrimping and like yeah. do, doing the things that are the groundwork, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like that groundwork will get you pretty far. So like when you're, when you are in the ring and you're fighting and like you get, you get hit and you get dazed, like, I mean, you obviously like, okay, I'm, I'm dazed right now. Like how does, how do you, like, what's the, I guess the process of like, okay, I'm dazed. I need to keep my guard up. I mean, how do you like when it snaps out, like, what is like that process? Like, what does that feel like? What is, you know, you're in, cause you're in the, you know, octagon, like everyone's screaming. Like, what does that feel like? What's that feeling? Of like getting days and all of a sudden you're snapping out of it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm back in it. It sucks because yeah. you just got dazed. <laughs> you just got clipped, you know? Yeah. But like you just, you have to, you have to try to remain calm, you know, and like, uh, and do the right things. And like a lot of the, a lot of the things that we do that are effective and, and fundamentals in, in, you know, the martial arts, uh, are not necessarily like instinct, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. instinct is to flinch, instinct is to pull your head out. Uh, we don't want to do that, right? right. Like you, you have to, you have to overcome those, those basic instincts sometimes. And, uh, you know, like keep those hands up 
those elbows are in, mm-hmm. you know, like chins down. And, uh, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of closing the distance at that point. And that's what a lot of people do, you know, like mm-hmm. it's what a lot of people in the UFC do. Right. Right. You get hit and you close the distance and you, you try to tie them up and you know, that's, uh, it's a it's a good thing to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always weird because you like you know watching fights and you see guys you're like, oh shit, he got rocked. Yeah, and then you know all of a sudden it's like, oh that's this is it, this is it, yeah. and all of a sudden he's like boom back into yeah. it. And it's like, how in the hell did you like you know? Because you can't really train that you no. know. Yeah. So it's just you know like you said instinct. It's like, you know. Yeah, you just, you, you train and you, you know obviously you're running through all the all the scenarios and things in your head. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody does that. You know, I know I do. It's like, okay, well, you always see yourself in that bad spot, and I work out of it. I continue right. to go, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and I work out of it. Uh, but, yeah, getting to the point where you're not getting days is better than, you know, getting, right. <laughs> getting rocked. <laughs> so you have a fight coming up in um, in April. When yep. When is it and where? Um, I'm fighting uh, April 27th, and uh, I believe the card got moved to Fort Lauderdale. It was supposed to be in Miami, but uh, yeah. And who are you fighting? I'm fighting uh, Jason Gonzalez. And then, like, so do you? You have any like history on him, or you like know his like kind of his, his style? Or he is a six foot two uh, southpaw lightweight. So you know, it's uh, I, mean, I fought plenty of tall guys, mm-hmm. uh, fought plenty of lefties. You know he's he's uh, he's got a couple things that he does. I let my my coaches deal with that, and we'll drill around it. You know, me personally, like I said, I'm focused on myself. Mm-hmm. Like if yep. I'm if I'm in the gym and I'm rolling or um, sparring, uh, I'm I'm doing me right. I never want to try to fight to my opponent's strengths just to get out of them, you know, like we, we can do that and we can, we can get reps of that in case that position happens. But when it's go time, you know, it's go time for me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, just try to focus on getting better. And oh yeah. Doing my thing. Yeah. So kind of just wrapping this up. I wish I had like four more hours. I could talk <laughs> about this all day. I mean, it's just like interesting, just hearing stories and like the way you got, you know, just the mentality, the training and all that stuff. So, just kind of wrapping it up, you know, where can we, if someone is like, say, okay, I want to know about Jim Miller, where can we find information on Jim Miller? Or, um, I've got uh, jimmillermma.com is my website. It's not up to date right now because, you know, I run it and it's yeah. <laughs> super way behind. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram, uh, jimmiller underscore 155. Um, you know, like I'm on Twitter and I'm, on Facebook, mm. but all I really do is post my Instagram stuff right. over there. So I don't want to. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then another thing that like kind of I, I like I'm a big fan of is like the entrance, like the fight song. Like, uh-huh. how do you do you like how do you pick your fight song or like you know like what is that like who does someone else do that for you or you're like you know what let's play this song this is you know uh, everybody here yeah we you know I do that and uh, it's 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 changed a little bit like I always I. For a long time, I always came out to uh, uh, Bad Moon Rising mm-hmm. uh, by Credence, and uh, you know, I just I got to a point where I felt like, like I was telling I was telling Raul today, like earlier in my career, I fought. I wouldn't necessarily say it was like afraid, 
you know, because I wasn't afraid of the guy. I wasn't afraid of the consequences. I was just kind of like unsure mm-hmm. of the outcome. And that song always like, I associated that song with that feeling of like uncertainty. Um, and then, you know, I, I came out to a couple of different ones and it's always just been like what I feel like, what, what kind of gets me going? Like if I'm running uh, or, or doing, you know, lifting or doing something like that and I hear a song that kind of, you know, gets me a little yeah. amped up and, get, you know, just gets the blood flowing and uh, then, I, then I'll go with it. And, um, you know, I've come back to, to Bad Moon. Um, I'm probably going to be going to something different this time. Just you can keep it a secret. Yeah, just nice. for the heck of it. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. No, <laughs> I, uh, I do have a. I have a. I have a song that I want to come out to for my last fight, yeah, <laughs> oh, nice. and that's a secret too. Oh nice. yeah, <laughs> that we, we'll, we'll be looking for that one. Uh, so closing out on on some ideas for. I know you were here helping us out with our first combatives program, and you did some teaching, and you helped me uh, finalize some things that we mm-hmm. wanted to have in there. Uh, just your opinion as far as what we're trying to do with you know giving exposure obviously we can't make we can't breed fighters in mm-hmm. a, in a one day course but we can definitely give them some information uh what do you think about the the stuff we're putting in the program translating it over to the students and then at the very end how we said hey find a place to better yourself afterwards uh i i 100% you know it uh, it's it's 100% in line with with what i believe in um you know like the courses are awesome you were, it was a fantastic course that focused on a lot of just basic stuff but when it comes down to self-defense that's what you want you you don't want to get out of position you don't want to put yourself in a in a weird spot um because fighting is different than just any one of the martial arts you know like we have to think and like i don't like getting into these crazy scenarios (laughs) right but we have to think that like okay this isn't happening on mats with padded walls so I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm going to be doing some things that might work in jiu-jitsu class that aren't going to work when my head could get, you know, smashed against a lamppost or, you know, a curb or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was a great class. And, I mean, that's really the thing. It's, it's, it's an awesome refresher and introduction. And, like, the biggest thing is, man, these the the – the techniques and the everything that you learn, like whether it's jujitsu or, or Muay Thai or judo or catch wrestling or whatever, they all diminish. Like you, you have to be continually training them. Um, and the same goes for your, your, your body, you know, your athleticism, like fighting. And I know this, I probably know this more than anybody right now. That fighting is a 50-50 game, right? 50% of it is technique, 50% of it is athleticism. And you can make up for a lack in one with, you know, a uh, uh, higher proficiency in the other. Um, but you want both of them. Like, you want both of them as good as you can because you never know when your number's going to get called, man. Like, you don't want it to be, hey, well, you know, I got a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, and then I stopped training because I got a new girlfriend or I got a new job. Mm-hmm. And and then two years after you've been on the mats is when somebody tries to, you know, stomp your head on the it's street. It's shelf life, right? Like, yeah. Stuff has a like, shelf life. You know, you're, you're like I said, with fighting, you're, you're, the, you're the product of the last couple weeks. Like, you know, uh, 
it's not just that day before the fight. It's not just that week before the fight. It's the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, that's what you need to look at. Like, are, are you, are you in a good spot? Well, okay. Maybe you had a week of vacation. You're, you know, went to, went to Cancun, got banged up and, you know, like you're, you had, didn't work out or anything like that, but you get back into it and, uh, try to get back to where you were and continue it and, and continue to stay in shape and, uh, continue to learn and, and educate yourself in this. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, your life's, your life's important, right? Yeah, your li- right. The lives of your family are important. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, like, do you want, do you want that time? To, you want to be unprepared. Do you want to be thinking in your head? Well, well, two years ago I would have, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have gotten hurt. And that doesn't would, change you know, anything. Yeah. Like something bad happens, right? Like, You're just yeah. sitting there with remorse. Yeah. yeah you know, it's just, uh, yeah, you got to stay out. Dan Henderson will be able to knock out most people with an overhand right until the day that he dies. But it'll if he stops training, it's just going to get worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. You know, and like he, th- the day might come where he needs it, you know, like, and obviously, you know, age and all that stuff come into things and, and where your body is. But but that that technique is just going to, it's going to lose effectiveness because his body hasn't been, you know, going through that motion. Right. You know, and it's the same thing with anything else. It's like you drill a thousand, thousand arm bars and, you know, you might be able to do it the next day pretty well and, you know, for a little bit. But sooner or later, it's going to start getting worse and you're going to start making mistakes, mm-hmm. you know. So just, yeah, just keep up on it. And Cool. And then conditioning. Mm-hmm. We know we talked about this one a lot, right? Uh, you can be an awesome fighter at one point, but or just anybody in general. But once you lose the conditioning and somebody may have less skill, may have something, uh, whatever it may be, but they have higher conditioning. Uh, what do you, what's your take on conditioning? Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's half the game, you know, like, uh, you know, size and strength matter and, and your ability to keep going matters, you know, like, uh, uh, fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? That's the mm-hmm. saying, and and it's a hundred percent true. And and you know, you just uh, it should be part of your part of your day, it should be part of your life. You know, like all right, you don't have to go for a run every day. You don't have to be one of these ultra marathoners and run a hundred miles. Yeah. But if you can go for ten minutes hard, you know, at, at like a a one eighty uh, beats per minute, or you know, one one seventy beats like you're. You're doing mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. You're doing pretty good. Like, and that's like, you know, that's a good, that's a good hard pace. Like keeping your, keeping your heart rate up and, and just being able to push for that a little bit. You're going to, you're going to outlast most people. And sometimes that's what it takes, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. Just, just winning that battle of attrition. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. one of those hard lessons too, right? <laughs> to learn for yourself, like as an individual, like where's my failing point? Where mm-hmm. can I no longer keep going? Or even just recognizing when you're getting close to it so that if you find yourself in that position where you're hitting that wall and you're going to have nothing left, what do I do next? Yeah. But if you don't know that, you're just going to keep going and going and then you're just going to you're just gonna quit. Yeah. And that's tough, right? Because later on you're like, why did I quit? Well, it wasn't maybe that you wanted to quit. You just didn't know you were done. Yeah. And you forced yourself into this like you have nothing left yeah. scenario. Yeah. Um, it's like some of the, you know, we were talking about some of the techniques uh, that some of the martial arts teach, and it's like, 
if you can't do them fatigued, and if you can't do them in a high intensity, how are you going to know if they work when you're when you're tired? Yeah. Like you know, if your only self defense technique is to you know pluck somebody's eyeball out, well, you're not going to get to drill that too often. Right. You know, yeah. like, yeah. and you're sure as hell not going to dr- get to drill that when you're when you're tired and beat up and and uh, you know and hurting. So like, being being able to train the techniques and do them in an environment that is safe enough to to be able to push yourself and to be able to get out of your comfort zone is awesome. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the specific or certain martial arts kind of hide behind is uh well this martial this this technique's too dangerous yeah. to train like but I'm telling you this will work. Yeah. Uh or if we can get people on the mats and just pressure test them with yeah. with energy shifts like we saw this weekend where we're just like getting heavy mm-hmm. and I think that's that has more value to an individual to actually feel somebody's weight yeah move them around control a little bit of this a little bit of that versus hey we're going to tell you about this but yeah. you're never going to practice yeah. it because how many partners can you have after yeah. you've plucked yeah. eyeballs you know? exactly you know like <laughs> trust me when you're when you're rocked when you're when you're bleeding when you're you know your your one arm is broken you're still going to be able to snap right. that break. you know like no <laughs> you're you're probably not no nope. you're probably not Dude, I'm going to keep this uh, comment you made that the, essentially when I asked about the program, you gave me that two-word answer, and it was it's a great refresher and an introduction. So hearing that from somebody with your level of experience, you're like, well, I got in there. You were able to just do what you normally would do anyway in training, so that's the refresher portion. And then we had some new guys who have never done anything, mm-hmm. and that was their introduction. So the fact that we have that balance, again, another one of your big ones is uh, – something that's really cool and I'm, i was grateful for you to come out and be like hey dude this this and this and it was cool uh definitely humbling yeah. experience to have you here bro it was definitely awesome. like i thank you for coming out no i mean problem. flying out you know across country you know giving your time for us this weekend i mean i really greatly appreciate it i mean because i mean i saw that you guys were following us on or you were following us on uh instagram like Hey, Jim Miller follows us, you know, <laughs> yes. reach out and see if he wants to like come out and train or do a podcast. And you were like the coolest dude, like, you know, going back and forth. I was like, man, okay. <laughs> so I really do appreciate you coming out and just, you know, sharing your time and sharing your experience and just getting to know you. I mean, it's been a, it's been a great weekend, honestly. And I've, uh, you know, I'll always remember this. So I've always had the podcast and, you know, it's, it's been a great time. So, you know, I don't want to be a fanboy, but it's like, man, this was like so <laughs> cool to like have one-on-one time with, you know, Jim Miller talking about fighting and UFC and, in your career and just everything you've done and like, you know, everything you've accomplished. It's like, it's like, hell yeah, man. Like awesome. So it was a cool weekend in the sense that we got to blend kind of what we do, what you do. So we had you on the mats and then we went shooting, hung out, you know, had some food, chatted, you got to see our town. Hopefully we'll come out your way and Mm -hmm. we'll do some stuff out there. And yeah, man, it was a cool weekend. Oh, yeah. Yes, thanks out. for having me. <laughs> Definitely. And anytime you need anything, you know where to find us, and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll hook it up. So, once again, uh, thank you so much for coming out, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, dude. So, uh, everyone listening out there, this has uh, been the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. Uh, signing off here. Uh, stay alert. Stay alive. All right. All right.